Thank you, that was great. Uh, when we first began planning Youth Sunday, it was before all of this, the, the COVID, the pandemic, the quarantine. And so it looked very different in, in our mind's eye as we were working through it. But I, I think that the way that it came through and the work that everyone has put in it is so amazing and so wonderful. Uh, and I want to thank everybody involved. I also think that, that it's not an accident that it's taking place during our Psalm series, uh, because when I found out that we were doing the Psalm series this month, uh, it, it's, it's always been one of my favorite things because Psalms is basically David's prayer journal. Well, there's some in there written by other people, but for the most part, you can go through David's life and read his prayer journals when things are good, when things are bad, when he's happy, when he's sad, when he's angry, when he's upset. And so it's so cool to be able to put those two things together because David was also young for most of it, especially the one that I'm reading. Uh, and, and in this Psalm, he is going through a difficult time. Uh, right now, for many of us, there's a difficult time. Uh, for, for the teens, they've, some of them have lost their graduations, at least the way that they expected them. Uh, they've had to deal with different kinds of school. For the adults, you've had to deal with maybe lost jobs, with lost loved ones, with not being able to see loved ones, with, with having to teach your kids at home. Like all of these different things that's so different for us, so crazy for us. And you know, crazy kind of fits, because in this psalm, David is actually pretending to be crazy. And so I want to go straight into that. This is Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Uh, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. So as David is, is writing this, he has just appeared before Abimelech, who is the ruler of the Philistines, and he's pretending to be crazy because Saul is trying to kill him. His own king is trying to kill him. The person that he essentially saved the life and the kingdom of is trying to kill him. And so it's as bad as it can get for him. And so he's on the run. He's scared. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And he goes to Abimelech, who again is ruling the Philistines. Now, on its own, it's like, wow, that's not his home, that's crazy, but imagine this, imagine that you are so fearful for your life, or that something so awful has happened, that you not only run away from home, you not only run to someone that you don't know, but this, these are the very people that he fought Goliath against, like, Goliath was a Philistine, these are the enemy, and so he is there, and yet, even in all of this, he begins this by praising God. He could have begun it, as many of us do, by saying, man, everything stinks right now. Like, this is awful. I don't get to live my life the way I want. Everybody hates me. Uh, I guess I'll go eat worms. Like, whatever it is he could have said. He says, God, before I get into to the complaining, before I get into everything else, I just want to say, you are why I am here. You are so amazing. You are so great. And that is such a good example. Now, David wasn't always perfect at all, but it is easy to praise God when things are awesome. It's easy when you're surrounded by people in a church and, and you're, you're able to stand together, worship together, pray together, uh, say amen together. And go ahead and say that now, that's fine. But it's easy to, to praise, to, to be excited for the Lord when everything is good the way that you want it. But when it's hard, when you have a, a grade that you don't like, when school is tough, when things are difficult, when you're quarantined and you're not able to go to work or play or the movies or anything else and you're kind of stuck with this little dog that is really awesome but also there all the time. I'm just joking, I love Stevie. But when you're not able to see the people that you know, the people that you love, when you're not able to live a normal life, it can be hard. And especially during this time, it can be hard because we're all struggling with different things. Now, maybe especially it is hard when we mess up, when we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing. There's almost sometimes like this feeling of, 
well, I can't go to God until I'm right. Like, I can't go to him until I've gotten everything good again when I've gotten everything right. But that's not at all right. Like David, for all his flaws, he went to God constantly. He went to God when he was wrong, when David was wrong. He went to God when, when everything was wrong. He went to God when he just needed to, to cry. And yet he still went to God, and God always listened. God was always there. Because David, here, is lying. Now, yes, he's pretending to be insane to keep his life alive. Uh, and, and, you know, that's easily justified. But he's still lying, and yet he still goes to God. Abraham and Sarah, way before this, went through a similar thing where they lied to protect themselves, not fully trusting God. And, and you know, that's on them. That's on David. But the important thing is, David wasn't like, well, when this situation is over, when everything is back to normal, when I'm back home, then I'll go to God. He's like, right now. Right now is when I need him, so I'm going to go to him. And often in our guilt, we forget that. And during this time, I think with everything thrown off, it can be easy to forget that, but just like right now, David is dealing with such awful things. Whatever you're dealing with, God is there. You can go to him, you can pray to him, you can call out to him, you can love him, because he loves you. Going to the next part, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. I love that last line especially where it says even strong young lions will sometimes go hungry and yet no one who goes to the Lord will lack what they need. It's often that what we want we lack and it's like well this isn't fair, life isn't fair but no matter where you are God will give you what you need. During this time, like I said, it's hard for some people and it's harder for others but God is there. He will give you what you need even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. And as David is writing this, he goes on and on about his desperation, and part of it might have been guilt, again, for, for what he had done, what he was doing, what he might do. And yet he still showed a reliance upon God, even now, even at one of the worst times in his life. But it was David's fault, not that he was on the run, but it was his fault that he was pretending to be someone that he wasn't. And again, he could easily justify that, but it was his fault. And yet he owns it. He didn't always own it. Sometimes he blamed everybody but himself, but he would always come back and own it eventually. He would always say, God, this was me. He could have gotten down and gotten into the prayer, prayer journal and started praying and been like, man, Saul is just after me, and so I can't control what I do, and, and you know, the kids are crazy, and I'm trying to teach them at home, and I also have to do my work, and I also have to do this and that, and so I'm not, you know, it's not my fault. Uh, he could have said, hey, you know what, nobody's around, and so I don't have to do this. He could have said all these different things and blamed all these different people, and yet when he went to God, he said, man, I mess up. Like, I'm messed up, dude, and, and you know, sometimes it's good to call God dude, and, and he's like, I'm messed up. And so I need you, and I feel you, and I'm desperate. And so he went to him. Our society is all about it being someone else's fault. Uh, this isn't just for, for the teens to hear, for the adults to hear. This is for everyone to hear, because right now you can see kind of the, the mini version of this, where half of the people are like, hey, this is nothing, we should be back. And half of the people are like, hey, this is everything, we shouldn't be there, or we should still be in home, or whatever. And like everybody is kind of arguing and not paying attention to the most important thing, and that is the people involved. 
That is glorifying God through your actions, glorifying God through your words, through your life. And so it is easy to blame everyone else. Our politicians, our, our athletes, our celebrities, uh, some of our, our, our leaders around the world, they blame everybody but themselves, and we see that. And so it's easy for us to then take that and be like, well, you know what? If it's good for them, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander, is what my grandma used to say. I don't fully know what that means, but I'm going to say that it works now. And, and, and so it's easy to blame other people. It's easy even to fool ourselves into that. But God knows and so it's not about blame, it's about going to him and pouring yourself out. It's not about what society says, it's about telling him, hey, this is hard. Right now, this experience for, for the kids, the teens, the adults, there's nothing else like this. Like for a while we could say, well, you know, the world shut down after 9-11 or, or after World War II or after this. We are now in uncharted territory in terms of what this looks like, in terms of what the future looks like. We don't know. And it's hard not to know, it's hard not to be sure about everything but we can be sure about God. And David had no idea what was going to happen. I, he probably had hope that he would eventually go back. He trusted God, but he is in the enemy camp. He is with people that hate him and probably have his poster on a dartboard. And like they legit do not like him and they throw stones and slings and stuff. And, and, and yet he's going to God and saying, man, I am imperfect and flawed, but this is on me and I need you to help me. I, I love you so much. I'd love to say that after this, like immediately after this prayer journal, prayer, everything went back to normal for David and everything was perfect. But it was still hard for a while. And then even once he was back in the kingdom, even once he was back to his normal, he messed up big and almost blew everything by, by selfish, greed, lust, anger, murder, all of these different things. And I would also, and God still forgave him because he went to him, but I would also say, I would love to say, that when we all go back after this pandemic, when we all go back to normal, everybody is going to be like, hey, remember that? We're all together. We've all gone through this amazing experience. We're all wonderful. Uh, it's like at the end of Independence Day, which, very theological movie. Uh, the aliens are after everybody, and, and everybody in the world comes together. And it looks so amazing at the end because there's the fireworks going and everybody's happy because they win. The ships are going down and, and all around the world you see these different pockets of people who normally would hate each other, but now they're like, hey, we're together, we won, we beat the enemy. But I bet that like 10 minutes after that movie, it was back to, well, they look different than me, they act different than me, they're not like me, they don't believe like me, I don't like them. Because people stink sometimes. And so I would love to say that after this, everybody's going to have this new empathy for, for what it's like to lose your job, for what it's like to be sick, for what it's like to be unsure. It's probably not going to happen. Some of us will. But for the most part, once it's back to normal, it's back to normal. And so it's on us to show who God is during this. It's on us to show that even though we may fail sometimes, even though we are failed sometimes, we're never failed by God. God is always successful. God is always with us. And it says there at the end of this part that I just read, those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. That is so true. And I can think about different times in my life where I felt lost and almost broken, and I felt like everything is awful, and yet God was there and would help me to see the way forward. Even if it took a while for me to get it, he was able to point me forward, to, to let me feel him. And so whatever you're going through right now, whatever your age, if you miss school, you miss work, you are happy not being at work and you're dreading going back, whatever it is, God is there with you. He will not let you fail. He will help you. He will lift you up. 
Next verse. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. During all of this, David takes the time to speak to the children, to speak to people that, that need to learn, that need to see his example. He's aware that people are watching him. He's aware that people are listening to him. He's aware that someday people are going to look at how he handled things. We often feel when we see somebody in need, when we see something that needs done, well, somebody else will do that. Somebody else is more qualified. Somebody else will come along. It's the prodigal son, or not the, the good Samaritan. Got my parables mixed up for a second. Uh, it's hard to talk to a mostly empty room. But it's the, the good Samaritan uh, syndrome where it's like, well, somebody else is going to come along. You had the priest and the temple assistant. Somebody else is going to come along. But we can say someone else so long that it becomes our life's motto and it becomes our excuse. And so we don't teach people. We don't help people. Now, this doesn't mean that you should go around and hit people with the Bible and tell them exactly how to live their life because you know what's right. But it means show them. Show them with your life. Don't back away from your faith. Don't back away from who you are. Don't back away from, from what's right. Not what you think is right, but what is truly right in God. And I love the advice that he gives to the kids, to everybody listening, to everybody reading. Essentially, to paraphrase it, speak no evil and do good. And that's not bad grammar. He's saying, don't say dumb things. Don't say evil things. Don't say hateful things, but do good. Do good things. Put good out into the world. After you leave the world, hopefully a long time from now for all of us, let it be that people say, wow, the world was a little bit better for them being in it. Err on the side of good, on the side of compassion, on the side of hope, on the side of empathy, on the side of what is right. Do what you can. And there are going to be times where you feel like, well, my opinion is all that needs to be said. No, it's not. Now, that doesn't mean hide your opinion, but wait till you're asked. Wait till there's the right time. And, and it's not about what you say. It's not about what you think. It's about what God can do through you. It's about what God can say through you. It's about what God is. And my favorite part of this entire psalm goes along with that. It says, search for peace. And I think we all say that. We all hope for that. We all pray for that. But then it has the line that is just the, the record scratch. It's the hammer drop. It's some other cliche catchphrase that I can't think of off the top of my head. It is the point of all points. It says, search for peace, but then work to maintain it. We like to do, and I've done this, like pray, please help me to feel peace. Help me to find peace. I wish there was peace. But then we kind of sit there. Somebody else will figure this out. Somebody else will figure out all the answers. Somebody else will make sure that everything runs smoothly. Somebody else will help that person. Someone else will, will, will pray for them. Someone else will, will do something good. Someone else will be an example. Work to maintain it. It takes work to maintain peace. It, it takes hope to maintain peace. It takes work to, to, to do good. And so it is on us to trust God to help us with that. So, so hope for peace, search for peace but then work to maintain it. Never be the fault in a relationship. Never be the, the person that causes the rift, that causes the anger, that shows the hatred, that punches first. Never be that person. Be the one who does everything they can to, to 
bring good into the world, to bring peace into the world, to bring hope, to show who God is. And then it ends that part with the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I use this in funerals, but it's good now too because a lot of us have brokenhearted feelings. And a lot of us feel like we have to know everything and and have all of the answers before we help, before we do good, before we do whatever. But But God is close to the brokenhearted and you don't have to know everything to help. Believe me, even though most people think that I do, I don't know everything. There are a couple things about NASCAR I have no idea about. And, and yet God will work through me time after time when I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm not good enough for this. Uh, I'm sure that other staff members, other people, some of you, all of you would be able to say, man, there were times I just did not feel qualified. And yet God spoke through me, worked through me because he's close to the brokenhearted. He's close to his people and he helps us. Uh, last scripture. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Sometimes it feels like he's not there. Maybe during this pandemic it's felt like you're alone, like nobody's around, like God isn't there. Sometimes it feels like we're being punished. Sometimes it feels like everything is just falling on us. It's like, well, I must have done something wrong, like in Job. That's not how God works. He is there in the worst times. Sometimes, even though troubles are everywhere and grades are bad and work is hard and home is rough, even though the righteous face troubles, God is there. He is helping you to learn from them. He's helping you to grow from them. He's helping you to teach others from them. And just like in one of the darkest moments, David stops and teaches children and it helps him gain perspective. We can do that too. We can be better. We can hope. We can help. And we remember that Jesus was the most righteous of all and he faced troubles. David was a man after God's own heart and he faced troubles. Moses, throughout the line, Paul, everyone who followed him faced troubles and yet God was there. He always hears even when it doesn't feel like it. He always rescues, he always helps. It's a guarantee that I promise. And it's in his way, it's what's best for us. Sometimes it feels like the bad wins and like good just falls apart, but that is not true because God will always win. God is victorious and through him, We will feel that victory. We always want to be the one that punishes, the one that points out and and carries out the the, the will. But that's on God. God said through Paul, like, hey, I will take care of the vengeance. I will take care of whatever's going on. I will be there. And so you don't have to hate and shame and and be cruel and and be unnecessarily cruelly funny, funny on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram and text. It's not on you. It's on you to show the light of the Lord. It's on you to show who he is because God is working through us. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't face consequences. It doesn't mean that there will be no consequences. It doesn't mean that bad will win, but it means that God has a purpose, a plan. It means that we do our part. We work for peace and work to maintain it. We hope for it because God will redeem the righteous and punish the wicked, but he will also help the wicked to hopefully find redemption. That's why we are all here. We're not here to shame, to hate, to to make people feel bad. We're here to point people towards heaven, to point people towards redemption. So take refuge in him. And as we hear this on a youth Sunday, as we get ready to wrap up, God will be with us. And David did get through his troubles, and, and he kept the constant prayer life. So don't take everything that he did and copy it, but take that constant prayer life, that constant hope, that constant work for for peace the ability to learn, the ability to grow, the ability to change. Take that, live it, show it, and then pass it to everyone around you. Show people why 
We are doing what God calls us to do and be like Him in every possible way. And that's all I got.